What's going on, guys? It's the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, presented to you by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, Indiana, and New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same game parlays to live in game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. If you bet $100, you're going to get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, backslash WinBet, winbet.com, or download WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. We're also brought to you by the DGen Dance. Our March Madness bankroll contest is here. Free to enter and $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we're giving away our first half under bingo. Either enter both contests on the SGPN app. So, Brett, we got almost a week of free agency in. Um, the, the legal tampering period is essentially the start of free agency on Monday. We've gotten three or four days in. It took a day to get fantasy Viable players off the board. We got some off the board. So we're going to go through three winners, stock up, three losers, stock down, a sneaky signing, and then we're getting into our super flex rookie mock draft. Always like, comment, and and let us know what you think about the show and drop your fantasy football questions. Brad, uh, who's, uh, who's your first winner? Yeah, so one people may not be thinking of necessarily because – the offensive side of the ball hasn't changed a whole lot until they signed a new quarterback in Derek Carr, and that's going to be Chris Olave, wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints. I just think the huge quarterback upgrade, uh, the addition of Jamal Williams, I just think it's going to lead to more points, and we already know how good Chris Olave is, so more scoring opportunities is what we wanted to see, and I think we're going to see that where there was – I wouldn't say I was worried – but I was definitely going to fade him just a little bit if they ended up bringing in a rookie. So I really like the Derek Carr signing for them. So Chris Olave is definitely a riser for me right now. Yeah, and I know Derek Carr has his haters out there. So there might be people saying, is it really a huge upgrade? I ain't one of them. Um, but what are your thoughts about Michael Thomas coming back? Do you think that's a, a, it's, it's a concern or is that going to help Chris Olave? No, I think it helps, right? I mean, if you think about what Chris Olave is, he's more that down the field, stretch the field kind of guy where Michael Thomas is closer to the line of scrimmage. So I think if anything, teams are going to have to pay attention to the fact that Michael Thomas may be working those underneath routes. They can use Traquan or uh, not Traquan, um, uh, Rashid Shahid uh, to really stretch the field. And you're going to get to see Chris Olave kind of work the, the middle routes, which I think is great for him. Uh, and when you pair that with Jamal Williams and the short yardage of Kamara coming out of the backfield, I just think that offense is going to start to click pretty well. Yeah. And one of the winners I want to bring up is Khalil Herbert. And I get it. Like this could be fool's gold. Um, but at the, the end of the day, his stock is up. David Montgomery's out of town. He's currently the number one back on the roster. Yes. You probably can't go and trade Khalil Herbert for a, a first round pick right now. Um, but I'm guaranteeing people are trying. Um, I, I, I said on Twitter, I said that sound you hear is Khalil Herbert hitting the trade block in everybody's league um, because he, he's not someone that has full support of the fantasy football community. And so people like him, some people don't. And so people will be trying to sell him or people bought him last, last year with hopes of selling him. Um, I'm going to hold him unless I can get something decent for him. Just because even if the Bears add somebody, we don't know what that's going to be. We If they add somebody and it's a big bruiser and Khalil Herbert gets all the passing down work and gets you know the valuable fantasy football touches, 
I'm okay with it. If they add a rookie and he gets the large portion of the work, I'm okay with it. If they add Bijan Robinson, you're in trouble. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to do that. And so um, I'm going to hold them. But, of course, it's okay to dangle them out there and, and get out of the risk of the fact that they could, you know, could draft somebody. It's not, this isn't someone that's had huge fantasy football success before. He showed it in moderate doses. It was a, he was a top 12 running back last year for the first, you know, for a few weeks. Um, and he can do it. He does look good in this offense. Um, so Khalil Herbert, big winner. Yeah. So my, my second one's going to be uh sky Moore, wide receiver for the Kansas city chiefs. And he's not like this huge riser, but Watching Juju leave town, watching Cole Hardman still not be still be unsigned really opens the door for Sky Moore and uh, Kadarius Tony and MVS to really be the three wide receivers in that team. And we saw Sky Moore start to get sprinkled in a little bit towards the end of the season. And I think we're going to see some more of that. He's just a guy who needed a little bit of development time. They didn't have to force him in because the team is really good all around him anyway. But I think now he's going to run into a lot more opportunity, which for me, I'm going to try to capitalize on the fact that people are probably still really down on him. You can still get him at a very affordable price, especially if you try to do it in the rookie draft, which we'll do a mock here in a little bit of. You could probably move an early to mid third round pick for Sky Moore with some of these guys that are going to be on the board. And I think that's a steal from a value perspective. And he's going to definitely give you that return. So, And then the, the next guy that I have is Miles Sanders sticking with the running backs. Um, Miles Sanders got the best rookie, the best contract out of these, these running backs. Um, it's a four-year deal. I will give this to everybody. Stop reading the headlines and overreacting. It's a four-year deal, $25 million. I'll be very surprised if he gets all $25 million of that, but he has $13 million guaranteed. He is getting that, and that's the most that any running back got as far as guaranteed money, and I would guess that there's probably an opt-out in two years. But Miles Sanders' money, I'm going to follow the money and say that this was a big win for him as far as he goes to he goes to the the Panthers. He's gonna be the lead dog. They're not gonna pay him that much and not use him. Deuce Staley, the assistant head coach, is very familiar with him. Also, Frank Reich's familiar with him. They did not play to, the Reich went to the Colts before they drafted Sanders, but he's good friends with Nick Sirianni, who went over from the Colts to the Eagles. There's a lot of ties here. Relationships matter, and it ended up. Good news for Sanders. And uh, it sounds like DJ Chark is is uh, visiting the Carolina Panthers. So it could be interesting. They also added Hayden Hurst. Um, trying to add some pieces. And, of course, they made that huge move to go the number one pick for possibly C.J. Stroud. But they had to cost him DJ more. Um, so we'll, we'll see. They're going to have to add some more pieces on that offense. Yeah, I think that he was on my list for a, a couple reasons. One, because, like you said, the contract and he got the money. But I think the other one, if you look at Frank Reich and his coaching tenure over the last seven years, he's had five seasons where their rushing attack has been top 12 in either attempts, both attempts and yards. Uh, so, you know, they're going to try to run the ball. Uh, and if Miles Sanders gets 200 to 250 carries, I mean, you you saw that. In the limited touches that he got last season, you know, if you throw out the Super Bowl where they just didn't use him at all, he really was a guy who could produce for you on your fantasy squad. And he was getting 
vultured by Jalen Hurts near the near the red zone, Boston Scott at times, Kenneth Gainwell at times. And now if he can manage to get all that red zone work, get those touchdowns and the volume, I think he could end up being a sneaky top 12 option. The next one that I had was Daniel Jones. Um, so Daniel Jones last year was probably a big winner because he got Brian Dable, but he didn't get the fifth-year option. This year he got the bag. And listen, I know I'm a Giants fan, so I'm going to defend my guy. But Daniel Jones has been the – like he was the – the punching bag for the Lamar Jackson frustration and and Lamar Jackson's turned down way more money than Daniel Jones got. It was $133 million that, that was turned down by Lamar Jackson guaranteed 133 million guaranteed. Yeah. And Daniel Jones got 94. His, his franchise tag this year would have been 32 million. He got $19.5 million cap hit. It's, it worked out for the giants. They, they, had to give the franchise tag to Saquon, which is frustrating for Saquon, but <laughs> Dan Jones is a winner. Plus, they're bringing back his guys. Continuity is important. I still think that they probably add a receiver in the um, for in the in the draft, if not another one in free agency. But you put Wanda Robinson coming back, the addition of Darren Waller, Isaiah Hodgins is re-signed, Darius Slayton has re-signed. And, you know, the Giants will, will obviously attack the offensive line as well. Second year in the Dable system. Wheels up for Daniel Jones, um, who is, you know, he saw a big, big stock increase, um, not only by signing his contract, but what how he finished the season last year as far as a dynasty quarterback. Yeah, I, mine was very similar, but I said the Giants as a whole, and I'm not a Giants fan. I, I think the, that whole team improved from – what was already a playoff team, and not only because they added on the offensive side of the ball, but I think the addition of Bobby Okereke on the defensive side of the ball is a huge signing for them. He is a very good pass-defending linebacker that they can utilize and they that they really needed, and I think that's a killer signing for them when you look at where they had weaknesses on the defensive side of the ball. So. I just think the Giants as a whole are big-time winners in free agency. And I'm going to give one uh, sneaky signing, and that's going to be Alexander Madison. So he stayed with the Minnesota Vikings, and so it doesn't appear to be this this huge win. He didn't go to Miami Dolphins or somewhere where he's appeared to be the, the lead dog. But he stays there. Dalvin Cook, there's rumors that he could be traded. Even if Dalvin Cook stays, he's a 27-year-old running back. Alexander Madison's 24. He'll be 25 when the season starts. He's a young guy. And so you could see him go into that work. You know, Alexander, I mean, uh, Dalvin Cook's only had one year where he's actually finished the entire year. So Alexander Madison staying in Minnesota, I think is a sneaky signing. Yeah, my, my sneaky one is going to be Jacoby Brissett, quarterback for now the Washington Commanders. I just think he goes in and immediately ends up being the best quarterback on the roster uh, between him and Sam Howe with Tyler Heineke out of out of the, the picture. Now, look, they're probably going to end up addressing that position in the draft, but they're not going to be high enough unless there's a trade where they're going to have one of these guys that can just step in immediately. So I think Jacoby Brissett ends up being a bridge-style quarterback for the Commanders this season. We saw how productive he was with the Browns last season. And I think you've got a better receiving core 
and you've got a really good running back tandem in Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson, uh, where y- you can really see him kind of flourish as a you know a high end quarterback too for the majority of the season, I believe next year. So I think he's pretty sneaky as well. Yeah, and Ron Rivera's comments were interesting because um, before they said you know he's the, the Sam Howell is the quarterback one and. He's just clarified he's currently the quarterback one, and they're going to give him every opportunity to be the quarterback one, but they did not come out and say, Sam Howell is our starting quarterback for this season. Right. They just said currently he is this. So that that tells you a lot what you need to hear. So we're gonna check back, we're gonna check back in with the sponsors, and we're gonna give you our losers, our fallers from fantasy, yeah, from free agency. Yeah, so we are brought to you by WinBet, and they are the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is now active in Massachusetts and a ton of other states. So be on the lookout for WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And during that Win Hour, marquee games of the week are going to have better odds at WinBet, which gives you a larger payout opportunity. And also, March Madness is here. So many ways to get the to be able to bet on the big dance. So sign up today and receive our special offer, bet $100 and get $100. That is li- limited to state availability. And of course, if you're one of our DGENs, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There are so many things to choose from. All you have to do is head over to winbet.com or download the WinBet app. Offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we are also brought to you by the March Madness Contest. The DGEN Dance, our March Madness Bankroll Contest is back. And it is free to enter with $1,000 in cash and prizes up for grabs. Plus, we've got first half under bingo where you can win an SGPN gift card. So give both those contests an enter on our exclusive SGPN app. So anytime there's some people rising, there's people falling as well. Um, who do you think was someone that, that fell or at least was a loser for free agency? Yeah, I'll go for the obvious one for me. And that's DeAndre Swift. I've had a huge amount of love for him since he's come into the league. Uh, seeing Jamal Williams really not be able to work out that signing with them. I expected them to add something uh, I did not expect it to be David Montgomery. So that really hurt, I think, DeAndre Swift's value where he's really going to be what we saw in that that split between him and Jamal Williams last season. I don't think DeAndre Swift goes away, but I also don't think his volume increases at all. So he's definitely a guy that I tried to buy cheap last season, expecting to see an t- uptick in volume, and that didn't happen. So now for me, for me because of that, he's a loser. Yeah, and we we know that Dave Montgomery is is not necessarily a pass catcher, but he can do it. Um, but obviously, the the touchdown vulturing was a big issue last year with Jamal Williams, and just the overall volume. Any optimistic Swift owner manager is is looking for a trade and hoping that DeAndre Swift gets traded to Miami or something. But as of oh, now, man, that'd be beautiful. Yeah, Miami. <laughs> as of now, this is where you're at. Um, I put Devontae Adams on here, and I want to put him on it for a few reasons. One, Jimmy Garoppolo and and Derek Carr, and and maybe there's not a huge difference in in the performance as far as the quarterback play. He's still going to get a ton of targets. But I think that this team is still in the market for a rookie quarterback. So you look at 
you, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, you're going to have Jimmy Garoppolo for a couple, you know, a couple uh, games or maybe a full season. And then you're going to go into your year 32 season with Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And it just looks like, you know, the writing's on the wall for, you know, for Devontae Adams dynasty stock to be pretty low here in the, in the near future. And it could be with Jimmy Garoppolo's health, it could be sooner than later. And so um, Jimmy Garoppolo's contract is a $24 million roster bonus next March. I don't think he's on the roster next March. And I think this sets them up to draft a rookie, whether it's Levis or, or Richardson or maybe Hennon Hooker um, at the end of round one or beginning of round two. But uh, either way, I don't, it's not that I'm a huge, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo versus Derek Carr fan. I do think I like Carr more, but it really just comes down to like longevity. It does not look like Adams is on the, the squad. He thought he was joining. Yep. I agree. All right, so my second loser, I'm going to go with Nico Collins, wide receiver for the Houston Texans, for a couple reasons. Uh, you know, I think with the return or what we hope to see is the return of John Mechie to a football field uh, is going to hurt his value, as well as the addition of Robert Woods and Noah Brown. Uh, you, you hear all the rumblings about Carolina being at the 101, now looking at C.J. Stroud. That's their favorite. That puts Bryce Young in Houston with D'Amico Ryan's fellow Alabama player, and John Mechie, fellow Alabama player. I think you're going to find yourself in a situation where Nico Collins is completely out to lunch. He might see 40% of the snaps, uh, and obviously I'm projecting here, but I don't think he's going to be on the field for the majority of snaps with the addition of these other two wide receivers and John Mechie. And look, Brandon Cooks is still on the roster. Do I expect him to stay there? Probably not. But if they don't figure out a way to get rid of him, Brandon Cooks isn't going to sit out, especially with a new head coach. And as I think D'Amico Ryans has the charisma to be able to talk Brandon Cooks into, hey, look, man, give me a chance. Right. We're bringing in a young quarterback. We're bringing in these other players like stick it out with us and let's see what we can do. And I think there's a, a world where he stays there, but it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't. So I think Nico Collins is is in a pretty bad spot for the Houston Texans. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Mike Evans. Uh, you're going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield. Um, <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you have to be too uh, knowledgeable about fantasy football to see that. But really, I mean, you look at it. Baker Mayfield's been okay with some of these underneath middle of the field guys. But with these guys that were you're having to throw contested balls, you're having to throw outside the hashes or deep on the deep quarters of the field, that's not Baker's bag. And Mike Evans already had some struggles last year, minus the end of the season. He's lost a lot of dynasty stock. And if you have him on your team, Baker Mayfield signing was like a gut punch. Yep. I will say this, they are the top odds to get my guy Hennon Hooker. And if if Hennon Hooker gets gets on that team, I think he takes the job early, early or at least halfway through the season. And I do like Hennon Hooker. But yep. man, does not look good for Mike Evans with Baker. Well, that Hennon offensive Hooker. line's bad too and Baker does not <laughs> perform well when there's a bad offensive line. So uh all right, we'll get to my last guy. That's going to be Kareem Hunt, who's actually unsigned. And that's part of my reason for him being a big faller right now is there was a lot of hope that he was going to end up in a spot that he was going to get significant amount of volume. And 
there, there's really only one option for that right now, and that's Miami Dolphins. And they re-signed everybody. They re-signed Gaskins. They re-signed Mostert. They re-signed Wilson. And they're still contenders for a running back in the NFL draft. So I don't see a world where Kareem Hunt goes there either. Uh, the only other place that I could see would be the Denver Broncos. And I, there's been no sniffing at all. There's been no reports at all around the, the conversation even being there. So I just think he's going to end up either as a backup running back somewhere behind guys. But the the days of Kareem Hunt being that startable RB, you know, 15 behind Kurt, Nick Chubb is just way behind him, I believe. Yeah, and you know I'm gonna go with yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Elijah Moore for my next one, and it just seems like he's gonna get jerked around again this off season. Um, and I could be wrong. I mean, if he gets Aaron Rodgers on his team, then yeah, that could be wheels up for him. But if this wish list has any any truth to it, they just added Alan Lazard to a pretty big contract. He's a big slot receiver, kind of bumps Elijah Moore out of things. Then you have Corey Davis is still in town. You also have Garrett Wilson and potentially having Odell Beckham or um, Randall Cobb come over there. Um, Going to deal with old curmudgeon Aaron Rodgers. I just, it, it's just, it's kind of a mess over there. And just Jets fans in general, like they have this, exciting thing that's happening, but it's not really happening. And I just keep posting the image of the, the guy taking over, you know, the boat and holding captain Phillips hostage. And Aaron Rodgers is just like, look at me. I'm the captain now. And and it's just a mess over there. So jets fans are, and, and the Packers fans are like, you know, like when you find out like why the girl is single, the Packers fans are that that ex ex boyfriends like I'm not jealous. Just good luck. Yeah, yeah, have fun. You know, like good luck. <laughs> and so, this is going to be interesting because right now he said he wants to go there. He wants to go to the Jets. He does not have a no trade clause, so his options are retire, still be under contract with the Packers, play for the Packers, or go to the Jets. And the Packers are like, okay, well, we're not going to do you any favors and lower the price. Yep. And they still want you know. So we'll see. Well, uh, let's check back in with the sponsors and then we are going to go to our super flex rookie mock draft. Big sponsor is underdog fantasy. We're also brought to you by underdog fantasy and underdog fantasy is heating up for March madness. College picking is, is great way to get in on the action, especially if your bracket is busted. For instance, day one um, plus underdog fantasy has your favorite college basketball player props. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for 100% deposit bonus up to $100. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. All right, let's bring up this rookie draft. And uh, I did jump in here. Oh, you we both jumped in here. So um, I am the evens. You're the odds. You're your first man up, sir. All right. Uh, well, we'll keep it short. Bijan Robinson, 101. There's no question there, regardless of Superflex or 1QB. I don't think we need to spend a, a bunch of time on that, to be honest. Well, and so here's the number two pick, and that is Bryce Young at the 102. And, and this is interesting because we kind of have an idea of what the potential landing spots are. 
And so my question to you, Brad, if Bryce Young goes to Houston or Carolina, does that matter or or is CJ Stroud going to be your quarterback one? I, I, I would prefer um, the Houston landing spot. I just think there's a little bit more to work with there with some of the offseason signings. Uh, I like the head coach and where that head coach is coming from. Uh, I just think it's going to set Bryce Young up. He was already the QB one for me and most other people of the class. And I don't don't think that landing spot is a terrible landing spot with D'Amico Ryans and, you know, Damian Pierce, who you can pound the rock with. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Carolina with the addition of Miles Sanders, I think is a fine spot. Uh, They need to address the wide receiver position, obviously. Uh, every day, my guy Shy Smith might get some opportunity. Terrace Marshall might get some opportunity, but it's definitely not as uh, intriguing to me as the Houston landing spot. Yeah, and and then you got Jackson Smith and Jigba at the one hundred and three. Again, this is a super flex rookie mock draft. What are your thoughts about that pick? I, I don't like it. I, I I'm taking C.J. Stroud here. Uh, JSN, while is likely the wide receiver one for a portion of the population. He's not mine. Uh, and I, I, unless your rankings have changed, I don't believe he's yours either. I just can't imagine taking him over CJ Stroud right now, who's likely the number one overall pick based on all reports that we're seeing right now with the Carolina Panthers trading up. So I, I'm, I'm taking Stroud here definitely over JSN. Yeah, I'm taking Stroud over JSN. I mean, him and, and Addison are neck and neck. It's kind of 1A and 1B for me right now. I want to see where they're drafted, um, mainly draft capital. You know, If one of them goes 110 and one of them goes 130, um, that's going to be a big difference. And, uh, you know, we didn't get to see the 40, but we did get to see a pretty good combine workout. And Addison, not as, not as exciting. Um, you know, came in a little smaller than we expected, came in a little slower than expected. Um but, you know, the tape doesn't lie. He's fast. fast. He's definitely more than fast enough. And uh, I just expect him to be a little bit more um, bursty. But, you know, when it comes down to it, um, it's really 1A and 1B for me. And if you told me I can get Addison at 107 and JSN at 1.3, give me Addison. Like, I'll take the cheaper guy. Um, CJ Stroud at 104. You know, I think if CJ Stroud went to Houston, it'd be interesting if some reason that Bryce Young goes – and the rumor is that Bryce Young is the the owner, likes Bryce Young, and Frank Reich likes C.J. Stroud, which, you know, of course, you trade all that stuff up, you probably know who you're picking. Yeah. But rumors are rumors, and here they are. But C.J. Stroud is here. He is now my number one. I just think he is the better passer in the group, and at the end of the day, this is what we're looking for. And Bryce Young is an outlier, and we talked about it previously I'd rather go with the stereotype over the outlier. Still like Bryce Young, um, but looking at it, I do like the fit in Carolina. Um, and CJ Stroud, I believe, is going to be a Carolina Panther. I like it. All right, 105, you see Anthony Richardson coming off the board. Currently the quarterback for the Florida Gators, but had an absolutely ridiculous or redonkulous, as my six-year-old says, combined from a metric standpoint. But look. 105 is entirely too expensive for me for somebody who is quite frankly not that great of a quarterback from an, a, a passing perspective. Does he have a cannon? 
Absolutely. Do people want to compare that that profile to Josh Allen? Yeah, they can. You can compare it to a lot of players, but look, the film doesn't lie. He's not. He's got a lot of development to go, and I don't think he's going to step in and be a starter this year. I think he could, even if he does get the opportunity, I think he's going to be, he's going to struggle. He's going to struggle against NFL defenses. And there are way too many talented players on the board right now for me to take that shot at 105. So I'm, I'm passing here. I, I don't like it. Yeah. And, and he's going as high as 101 in, in drafts. So yep. um, it's. Let somebody else do it. He's going to be a very interesting case study. And, and people have said, you know, like they weren't worried about taking, you know, Trey Lance when he was, they knew he was going to sit for a year. So they see it in a very similar light. Um, and we'll see, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. And Anthony Richardson, it'll be interesting to see where he's drafted. Based on Daniel Jeremiah's comments, he is not going to be, he's not going to be available. And, you know, in the, you know, even the 11 spot to Tennessee, so you're looking at, you know, the Lions or Seattle <laughs> or the Colts or the Falcons. That'd be, yep. you know, and the Colts would be interesting. Buying Gardner, Gardner Minshew, I would wonder how long can Gardner hold them off? Um, Goff or Gino, I think, could hold them off a little bit longer, which I think at the end of the day would be better for him. And I, I yeah, do I think that Seattle or, or the Lions would be the best landing spot because he's not going to be rushed onto the field. I think no matter how good or bad the quarterback is, the pairing is extremely important. If Josh Allen was not paired with Brian Dable, I don't know if we're where we're at. I mean, it, it really comes down to the pairing. Obviously, Josh Allen's he, he had two years that weren't that great. It, yep. He made a huge jump, but you have to have a, an organization that's that's patient with him, and you got to have the right coaching staff around him. Yeah, I think Atlanta would be the best thing for him immediately, mainly because if you think about, you know, the type of production that you saw from Marcus Mariota, that team wants to run the ball. So they're going to utilize his legs to the maximum. Now, is that good for his development? Maybe, maybe not, right? But he's got some weapons there as well in Drake London and Kyle Pitts. Uh, so I thought, to me, that's the absolute, you know, I'll say the dream location for him, I guess. I'm still not touching him at 105 there, but if he goes to Atlanta, I'm going to be in a little bit more than some of these other landing spots. Yeah, and I can absolutely see him there. I'm not a big Arthur Smith fan, um, but they do like to run the ball. And imagine if you have him and Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson, that's a bully of a squad. And you can do a lot of things there. And, you know, he may sit behind Desmond Ritter for a little bit, but I'm not a big Desmond Ritter believer. Let's keep moving here. I got Jameer Gibbs at the 106 spot. And Gibbs is a guy that he came in at 5'9", 199. If he had a cheeseburger and was at 201, does that make a big difference? I don't know. But the fact is, he knew that he was going to the combine, knew he was going to be weighed, and if 199 was, you know, kind of where he can get to, there is some concerns because there are not a lot of fantasy football, top end fantasy football producers that are that weight. It's just, you know, it's just facts. There's just not a lot, but he does not look small on the field. We don't have any injury or durability concerns. 
and the way that he plays that's more out in space versus between the tackles, I'm not very concerned. Um, I, I still I still like him as a you know an Alvin Kamara, Aaron Jones type of player. He can be used between the tackles in, in certain ways, but he's gonna do the best work out on the edges, getting him out in space. He's he's a good enough route runner and receiver that he can split out wide. And I think that's where you're gonna see him him use. So I, I'm very interested to see who gets him. Um, my player comp was Tony Pollard. And if he's used in a way that Tony Pollard was used this year, sign me up. Sign me up. Um, so maybe maybe I just put him, I just, you know, if Austin Eckler wasn't there, I'd put him over there with Kellen Moore. Um, but there there are some definite options that I think you could put him at. That'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, so at 107, uh, we see Jordan Addison come off the board, and I love this. He is my wide receiver one, so it's it's this is a steal from a value perspective for me. Uh, you got a guy who can run any route you want him to. He can create separation by that. Uh, I know he came in light, like 172 or whatever. I'm not super concerned with that because we've seen some high-level performance from players that have come out of college in that 170 to 180 mark, and – you know, people talk about, well, can he hold up? Well, both of them have. You know, Garrett Wilson was healthy. Devonta Smith's been healthy healthy for two seasons. Uh, and I, I expect more of the same from Jordan Addison. So I think a dream landing spot for me, right? You talked about Tony Pollard and the Dallas Cowboys. I'd love to see Jordan Addison be the wide receiver two for the Dallas Cowboys next to C.D. Lamb with Dalton Schultz likely out of town, with Ezekiel Elliott likely out of town. I think they're going to look to be a little bit more of a pass-heavy attack. I think that'd be a smash landing spot for Addison. So I love this pick at 107. Yeah, and then we have Will Levis come off the board. We have the four quarterbacks in the top eight. So if your dynasty team is looking for running backs or, or you know receivers – you're in a pretty good spot. And especially if you're, you know, sitting at the 102, 103, you got a great opportunity to trade back. And if you can trade back, and I'll let Brad talk about the next guy and get some of these running backs at the end of the first round, you could be in a very good position. And even these receivers, um, there's still very good receivers on the board. Um, and we'll talk about that. But Will Levis. I'm starting to have more concerns about him and, and really, um, you know, one of the things they talked about with Will Levis and Hennon Hooker, they're older quarterbacks, which you come with, comes with a level of maturity, comes with a level of experience and leadership and things that are really good. You know, you want a guy that has some experience, you know, you see a Brock Purdy type, but you know, Dale Jeremiah asked Bucky Brooks, Hey Bucky, Sorry. Your kids are on the line. You got to win a game tomorrow. Will Levis or Hendon Hooker? Because no doubt, I'm taking Hendon Hooker, no doubt. And the thing is, is, you know, Anthony Richardson is super raw. He's super young. People think that he's just kind of scratched the surface and they can get something out of him. Part of that, because he's not played a lot. But when you see Will Levis, he's played a lot of football. And then you see him at the combine and you're still seeing basic mechanical issues from a 24-year-old quarterback that's played a lot of games. And so he's fading to where he's almost fading into the defender, the blindside defender. He's fading away. Like you think about like a basketball shot. Like if you're shooting, you're taught to 
jumps straight up and he's jumping sideways and backwards and like your arm goes this way and your body goes this way. Like that's going to throw off your mechanics. And the point of that is that show that that stuff should be coached, should have been coached out of him already. And if it's not coached out of him early enough, it's going to be a problem. And it does seem that he's, you know, probably going to be going to the Colts or the Raiders. And, you know, we can, you know, hope that that Shane Steichen uh, or Josh McDaniel can get that, you know, can fix that in him. Uh, I think that, you know, if he goes to the Raiders, sit behind Jimmy Garoppolo, learn a little bit, that'd be helpful. I mean, if he goes to the Colts and he's sitting there behind Gardner Minshew, there's going to be a lot of pressure for him to get on the field here pretty early. And I don't know if that's the best situation, but I do think uh, Shane Steichen's a good coach. He did well with Jalen Hurts, and people forget he was with Philip Rivers for a long time, so he doesn't necessarily have to have one certain style of quarterback. Yep, I love it. All right, 109 is going to be Zach Charbonnet, running back for the UCLA Bruins. And this is this is my sweet spot, Dave. I, I mean, we talked about this maybe in another show or maybe off, off air uh, on the phone through text message, whatever. If I can get to the 109 and get Zach Charbonnet, I am 100% happy. If I have the 101 and I can package that deal and get the 109 and a whole bunch of other shit, I am ecstatic because I don't see a world where Zach Charbonnet goes before 109 just because of the hype of the quarterbacks that nobody's taking him above Jameer Gibbs or Bijan and JSN and Jordan Addison are likely going to come off the board before him. So I, I think the 109 is a sweet spot. If you're really worried about it, maybe Jordan Addison falls behind him and you need to look at the 108, but that's where I'm looking to move in a rookie draft because I think Zach Charbonnet has the potential to be the only other three down back outside of B. John Robinson in this class. He's proven that he's, he can do it. If you look at his production, uh, whether at Michigan or UCLA, He's seen upticks in yardage. He's seen upticks in touchdowns. He's seen upticks in receive receptions and receiving yards just year after year after year. And he has the size to go along with it. So I think the 109 is a great, great, great value. This to me is one of the best values in the first round period uh, in Zach Charbonnet. And so I took Quentin Johnston next and – Thinking about it, I you know I probably should have went with my guy Zay Flowers. Um, in all honesty, here, um, but Quentin Johnston is you know he is the kind of Anthony Richardson of the receivers, where there is a he's got the big body, he's got this you know he's got the prototypical you know size speed combination you're looking for, and that could be great. It could be you know you could see a guy that really dominates and has a huge ceiling. Um, but looking back on it, when I, when I did this real quick during my, uh, staff meeting this morning, <laughs> I would, I would have taken Zay, Zay Flowers if I really checked the board. Um, cause Zay Flowers is my wide receiver three. Yeah. Next up is Michael Mayer. A lot of people's tight end ones here. I'm, I'm totally fine with this in the back end of the first, if you're looking to, to fill that tight end. Because uh, you're starting to get into the question mark of some of the other positions, whether you're looking at the running back or the 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 wide receivers, where really without knowing landing spots, I get this, right? I'm going to take the top player on the board at that position from a three-down perspective. 
uh, for some people, not everybody, instead of the chance at a Zach Evans who, you know, talking to Dave, we know had very limited interaction at the NFL Combine, which is a pretty telling thing. Or you've got some of these undersized guys in Zay Flowers or Jalen Hyatt or Josh Downs, Devin H, uh, Devon A. Chain, super small guy. So now Hinden Hooker, like there's so many question marks. I get it. I'm totally fine with that. A guy that looks like a linebacker, he's that contested catch kind of guy. He's not going to create a bunch of separation with his exquisite route running, but you're not going to keep him from catching the ball either. And he's one of the better blockers in the class. I'm not going to say the best because I think Darnell Washington is that guy, but he definitely has a three down skill set, which is what you're looking for for a rookie tight end to get on the field early and often. Yeah. And and I'm, I'm, Zach Evans actually had quite a few interactions. He met with 18 teams. Uh, is that what you said? Is Zach Evans earlier? Yeah. 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 He actually had a lot of interaction. He had 18 teams that he met with, four formal interviews. Um, and you know, the Eagles were one of them. And and I'm I'm gonna disagree with you. There is quite a few backs on here that I think can have a a three-down skill set. And I'm looking at the board and I'm looking like there's some there's some people that weren't drafted that should have been drafted. Um, but looking at the board, there's plenty of guys on there. But Zach Evans is at 112. He's 215. Um, he's got you know he's got good size. Bijan Robinson, very similar size. Bijan Robinson, I think people are forget like people are acting like he's you know 225 and and six foot. Like he's not huge. He's very well built and he's a very good size running back. There's no concerns. But he's 215 pounds. And Zach Evans, 215. Like I said earlier, had a ton of interaction, um, at, you know, as far as interviews and things like that. And I think I think he's being slept on a little bit. And he offers a dual threat. He's a, a run he's, – he's a, he's a good runner. He's a good pass catcher. And I asked him, I said, Zach, what's, what's a part of your game people aren't talking about enough? First thing, run blocking and pass blocking. He said, you know, I, I'm a good pass blocker. People need to, you know, people need to go, you know, check that out. And pass blocking is 100% a way to get yourself kicked off the field or to stay on the field because the most expensive person on the offense is typically the quarterback. And if you can't protect the merchandise, you're going to be sitting on the sideline. Now let's, let's speed this up a little bit. 201. All right, 201's Josh Downs. I'm going to be 100% frank. I don't like this pick at 201. An undersized guy. The more I watch him, the more I see Deami Brown, who had very similar numbers to Josh Downs his final season uh, in North Carolina, another North Carolina Tar Heel wide receiver. Uh, and I think he's a one-trick pony that I'm just really not feeling uh, at the 201 to give old uh, Eric Burkholder a little bit of slack. He did auto pick this because he was working uh, and wasn't able to make the pick, but I, I'm, I don't like it at 201 with some of the other players on the board. Shame. Uh, Jalen Hyatt is, you know, he's a guy that people are really warming up to as far as the NFL. Um, and he could go a lot higher in the drafts than you expect. Um, but one thing concerns me for fantasy football purposes Um they talked about him on, on move the sticks as more of a Ted Ginn kind of a player, where it's a very limited route, route tree, a lot of goes, a lot of crossers, a lot of things that are very good for football, but he's more of a open the offense up kind of player. Like they put him on, I think they put him on the chargers 
and had him opening things up for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. And of course, it's going to result in some production, but consistent production like you get with Keenan Allen, probably not. And so taking him at the 202 over some of these other options, um, like I said, Zay Flowers still on the board. Uh, I would have taken somebody else. Yeah, and that's where I'm at with the 203 with Devon A. Chain coming off the board, <laughs> running back for the Aggies. I, I'm I'm interested in a couple of these wide receivers. I'm interested in Kendra Miller over him. Uh, you talked about outliers, and he kind of is that outlier for me out of the running back class from a size perspective. I know from a BMI point of view, he's probably going to come in okay. But the the height and size together, I'm just not super fond of. He's got he's an explosive player. I won't doubt that. Uh, I think he's going to get the opportunity to be on the field early from like a punt return or kick return perspective as well. I think somebody whoever takes him is going to try to get him on the field and get some of his explosiveness out there to better the team anyway. Uh, but I, that doesn't bode well for fantasy. So at 203, it's a little early for me. Yeah, and then say Flowers at 204. Um, like I said, I think he's a first-round pick. And, you know, the 110 guy should have took him. And, um, you know, I, I like technicians. I like people that, you know, that know how to run routes. They seem to translate to the NFL a lot faster than the size-speed guys. And so everyone in the NFL is a size-speed guy. The route runners create separation, and Zay Flowers is a natural separator. The biggest question on him was his size, and he came in big. He looked good, and he carried the weight well. He still ran his 40, you know? He's one of those guys that, you know, a lot of these guys with weight concerns, they put on weight or they, you know, they they put on a bunch of weight, and they didn't run. Bryce Young and other people, like, they put on the weight, they didn't run. He ran, ran a 4-4-2. At you know, and he was 15 pounds heavier than Jordan Addison. So um, I think he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a guy that can move around the formation and uh, be an early fantasy producer. Yeah, 100% <laughs> agree. All right, at the 205 is Keishon Boutte, wide receiver for the LSU Tigers. I think this could be uh, quite possibly the steal of the second round. This there, There's a world where he's the best wide receiver in the draft. But I'm, there was talk of him being the best wide receiver in the country going into last season uh, for in, NC, in college football. He had some fallout with the coaching staff, new coaching staff, uh, and it just never came to fruition. But from a talent perspective, it's all there. He's got decent size at the wide receiver position. It's kind of the new norm, uh, right around 200 pounds. And I think if he finds himself – in the later rounds going to a really good team, he can find himself in a very good situation that for me is going to warrant drafting him in the late first round in rookie drafts. And I'm totally fine with that. So I love this value for Keishon Boutte. Yeah, he's, he's uh, he just kind of going under the radar right now. And he's a guy that at one point was the wide receiver one in this class. Um, Hennon Hooker, 206, talked about him earlier. I think he's stud. I, I know that he's an older quarterback, and I think you have to factor in a few different things with some of these guys. Um, he was a transfer from Virginia Tech. We also had COVID that throws some things off for everybody. But this guy, like, the production was just out of the – off the charts. And then he's he's supposedly nailing the interviews per reports from the NFL. And several teams have first-round grades on him, which gets me even more excited about him. I've been saying he's a he's a first round pick. 
for months. And so I think this, I think teams see the five years that Jalen Hurts has, and they're going to get him. And so Bucky Brooks was talking about it, and he's and he said the same exact thing about Jalen Hurts. He was like, I'm getting spidey, tingly senses about this guy. And if I don't put him in my top five, I'm going to regret it. And so, hey, you know, Hennon Hooker's there. And he, you know, he's a guy that, you know, he could fall into a very good situation for one of these teams that's later on, you know, later on. And, and like, you know, it would be a great situation for him is if Baltimore trades Lamar Jackson and he goes there with Todd Munkin in that offense. That would be fire. Um, but I think he does, like, I think Tampa Bay is a very likely spot for him. Or, you know, a team trades up late into the, you know, you know, I've heard the the Los Angeles Rams could go after him and be like successor to, to Matthew Stafford. But I think I think a team late in the twenties gets him and maybe somebody from the second round moves up. Yeah. All right, 207 is Tank Bigsby, running back for the Auburn Tigers. Guy who had three really good years of production while he was there, all the way from his freshman year through his junior, you know, last season as a junior. He's got good size. He's not the running back I would have taken here with Kendra Miller still on the board, with Sean Tucker still on the board. There's some other players I like, uh, especially with the combine and what we've seen from Ty J Spears. I'd probably taken him above him. Uh, here, I think he's a guy you can get later on in your draft uh, where it's a little bit more of a value. I think this is a little bit of a reach for Tank Bigsby at 207. Uh, so so I, I'd hold a little bit here because I do think it is just just a little early for me. Yeah, I'd like to see more receiving work from Tank. Um, I think he's a good running back um, and yeah. he's he's got some good pass blocking. He's one of the better rushers in the class. It's just yeah, and, is and he he's going to turn into a first and second down guy. And and he's an SEC running back. Um, you know, he's he's not a big running back, but he's got good enough size, good enough power, and uh, you know, he for me is kind of an out so outside zone scheme guy. Puts his foot in the ground and goes. Yeah. Um, Kendry Miller, you talked earlier about you know like there's only a few guys in here that are three you know three down backs. Kendry Miller's a three down back. He's got the size. We've seen the ability. This guy had 1,700 yards last year and carried TCU for most of the year. This guy's an absolute stud, and and he's another guy that had a ton of uh, ton of interviews, a ton of contact over there at the combine, and uh, I think he's going to be, you know, one of the better players that goes, you know, day two, um, you know, day two, or he's going to go round two or three. Yeah. All right. Next up is Dalton Kincaid at the 209 tight end for the Utah Utes. I This is another one of those huge values. If you can get quite possibly the tight end one for a lot of people uh, at the 209, a guy who's an athletic freak at the position, I think that's a smash and grab uh, to go. We've seen him just explode in games and he's by, well, I don't want to say by far, but he's definitely the most athletic tight end out of the class that that was able to pair that with production, right? So there's some argument about Luke Musgrave and his athleticism, but the production never showed while he was at Oregon State where it did for Dom Kincaid in Utah. So I like this pick at the 209 from a value perspective. Yeah, uh, I really like the value first round and second round for your team. Sean Tucker at the 210 spot, he's a guy that – He's a little bit smaller. That may not be that three down back, but he's got 
some pretty special speed. And so um, you can see him go a little bit higher than than expected. Yep. All right. 211 is Izzy, uh, running back for the Pitt Panthers, guy who's got really good size, a three-down skill set, and another one of these late – you know, we talked about this in a mock draft before, that late second round from like the 208 to 212. I really like this range of players that you're getting. It's huge value. Uh, and Izzy doesn't doesn't disappoint at that value at the 211. I think he's a guy that can step in and give you some three down value right off the bat. Yeah, he had he had 30 touchdowns or 30 receptions the year year before. He had 20 touchdowns this year. Showed the ability to do both. Um, and he's got great speed, track star. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan, and he's another one of those three down guys. Rashawn Rashawn Johnson. A lot of people are saying this guy could be a starting running back for a team. And, um, you know, he's a little bit slower, a little bit of an old school guy. But teams, some teams have thumpers. And we've seen it with, you know, like Damian Pierce was not, like if you looked at your drafts last year, this time of the year, Damian Pierce was not a first-round guy. He wasn't projected to be a starter. Sean Johnson's kind of that guy where he wasn't barely even the starter on his team. Rashawn Johnson is a you know Rashawn Johnson is a big dude, got the typical size. He's a little bit slower, but he's not slow. He wasn't even the you know, wasn't one of the wasn't the slowest running back out there. So um, I think he can be a starter or at least a productive player on a team. And uh, you get him at two twelve is a smash. Yep. All right. At the three hundred one, we've got Marvin Mims running or. Wide receiver for the uh, Oklahoma Sooners. Another one of these speed guys, right? We saw Josh Downs go a full round earlier. We saw Jalen Hyatt go a full round earlier. And I think you see a very similar skill set. Obviously, he didn't win the Belitnikoff this year, but a similar skill set from a a speed perspective. Guy who gave you over 1,000 yards. Again, one of these wide receivers. This class is very unique, and they had a lot of players that produced for a number of years instead of just one year of production that we've kind of grown accustomed to over the last uh, few seasons. But this dude can stretch the field. I think he needs to go to an offense that is going to ask him to pretty much just kind of do that, which is going to limit his fantasy football upside. So probably more of a best ball type of target or something like that. Or one of those guys that you get when he blows up in a week, you, you, you hope it's early in the season and you can sell the upside of him because I just don't know that he has – an all around skill set at the wide receiver position. Yeah. And he's a guy that move the sticks mentioned as someone that they thought was really impressive. And, you know, um, and and some of that stuff might be how he was used in that offense. Um, You know, he's got good size and he's got rare speed. And so he could be someone that you could be surprised when he gets drafted higher than some of these other guys um, and might have to reevaluate him in your draft. Yeah, his A dot was just off the freaking charts for three seasons. I think the last two seasons were over 20 yards a catch, and his freshman season was like 17 or so, maybe 16, something like that. I mean, he was just disgusting from an average depth of target perspective. Yeah, you put him with a, you know, you put him with Josh Allen or something like that, and someone's going to get really interested in this guy. Uh, Darnell, <laughs> yeah. Darnell Washington at 302. I think it's a good pick. I mean, I've said on the show before, I'm not a huge John Washington fan, um, but it's all about value. And 302, I think, is a good it's a good pick. 
especially for a stab at, you know, potentially the number one tight end off the board. Um, I've said before that different teams have different players at top and Washington, you know, could end up being, you know, top tight end off the board. Um, came in a little bit smaller than what he actually played at last year. And so if he sticks to that weight and, and it's a little bit faster, maybe that'll help him create separation, do things that I'm concerned about. Yep. All right. 203 is going to be Rasheed Rice, wide receiver for the SMU Mustangs. Guy who came in a little bit shorter, but a little bit heavier at the combine, but really a pretty decent size that you're looking at for your wide receiver, over six foot and over 200 pounds. He really does have a good blend of kind of uh, wide receiving chops, I'll say, overall. He's got good change of direction. He's got a decent route tree. He has a good A dot if you look at SMU. Uh, so I think this is a really good pick at the 303. When you're looking at some of these other guys, obviously I would have taken Tajay Spears here, but I expect Tajay Spears to be taken well before the third round. He is not going to be available. I was shocked that he went to the 304 to begin with but I think Rasheed Rice is a hell of a steal in the early third round, a guy that could really surprise people because he could be a, a weapon at the marker for people, a first down guy that can get you to move the sticks and, and uh, really be valuable early on in his career. Yeah. And I really like what Jeff did here. So Jeff props to you. I like your team a lot. I've already said I would have taken Zay Flowers over Quentin Johnston and Brad has the text message. Uh, I would have taken Tajay Spears here um, at the 210, but I was in a meeting all day today. I was in meetings all day today, and so um, I auto-picked. And so uh, Tajay Spears here, excellent pick. Again, he's not going to be available. Um, he's a guy that, you know, landing spot is going to be interesting for him. Um, he is his smaller back, and so it's going to be interesting to see how he's used. Um, seems like a guy that goes to San Francisco and absolutely kills it. But there's a guy named Chris McCaffrey there. So um, I don't know where he's going to go, but um, I, I do think Tajay Spears is going to be uh, a hell of a player. All right. Next up at the 205 is going to be Cedric Tillman, uh, wide receiver. For some reason, I was thinking it was Chase Brown, but I was looking at the wrong one. So Cedric Tillman, wide receiver for the Tennessee Volunteers, one of those big, tall uh, contested catch kind of guys. So a guy that really has some good touchdown upside, which I think you're kind of looking for. You're either looking for a guy, you know, folks that you think can be target hogs in some way, shape or form, or guys that can be those touchdown benefactors for you and your fantasy football squad. And Cedric Tillman can be that guy very much like a Mike Williams type uh, guy who is, who we had marked as his NFL player comp. If you go back and, and watch his draft profile series that we put on YouTube, Make sure you give us a like and a subscribe and check those out if you're curious what we had to say about him. But I think this is a good pick at the 305 with the guys that are left on the board. Yeah, and it might actually have been Mike Pittman. It might have been Michael Pittman as the player comp. Ooh, is that who we – I could have swore. Well, maybe. I, yeah, huh? I, I, but I know player profile – player profiler came out with theirs after the combine, and it is Michael Pittman for them. Um, and I do think that's what our, ours was. Um, Chase Brown is next. And here's another guy that, you know, I, I kind of said earlier, there's multiple guys that are three down backs. This guy had four touches last year. This guy can carry the load. Um, probably not something you want to see a, a guy that you're about to invest dynasty stock on, but he can do it. And he had a fantastic combine. This guy is a he's stud and I, he should have gone 
earlier. Um, I, I think he's a second round pick and, uh, you know, I'm a big fan. All right. So next up is Xavier Hutchinson, uh, wide receiver for the Iowa state. Um, oh, I was getting ready to say Hawkeyes. Jesus Christ. Don't tell people I was going to say that the Iowa state cyclones, sorry, Iowa fans, uh, or Iowa state fans, I guess, depending on who's listening, but Look, this is a guy who's got good size, 6'3". He's one of the taller prospects in this class. And a dude who, again, had three solid years of production while at Iowa State uh, from a fre- from his freshman season all the way through his junior season. I like the upside here because of the size. He's got the, the full skill set to be an outside receiver, not just a big slot. Uh, so you, you look at the upside. Again, we talk about upside in the third round. Who do we think could step onto the field? and immediately get some targets. And this has been a guy who's proven that he was able to do that uh, as a young guy with Iowa State all the way through his progression there. So I, I like the pick. Yeah, he's got an extremely good uh, you know, run blocking grade. Um, teams are going to like that. He's a big player, plays outside, which like him and Cedric Tillman are, are two of the only guys on here that had more outside snaps than they did yeah. inside slot snaps. Yeah. Um, hit 111 catches last year. This isn't a big guy that caught 56 catches. This is a right. big guy that caught 111 catches. And it's and these aren't dink and dunks. These are downfield. And if you watched him the year before with Purdy, um, like this is a it's a good player. Um Luke yeah, Musgrave, he's definitely not a guy that stretches the field, though, right? That that 111 catches gets you, you know, I think he went just over a thousand yards. Uh if I remember his A his A dot's pretty low, but I I he he does get down the field targets also, but a lot of his work is kind of underneath. If you think Michael Thomas, I'm not relating him to Michael Thomas, so don't don't you know snip at that and say that uh, you know Xavier Hutchinson is Michael Thomas. But that's the type of style that he's going to be. I think more of those underneath routes. So yeah, he's chain mover, uh, Alan Lazard, kind of a kind of a player. Yeah, like that. Going back, that's, going that's back a better one. Going back to the Iowa State, uh, you know, um, combo. Uh, Luke Musgrave, another one of these tight ends that could end up being, you know, the first or second tight end off the board. Getting him in the third round, very athletic guy. A lot of people mention him at the Senior Bowl as being a, a, a standout player. Um, big fan of Luke Musgrave. And, uh, you know, there's this is, this is about the right spot for him unless he happens to go – you know, to a prime landing spot in the end of the first round. Yep. This was my heart pick. Uh, I was either between who I drafted or Parker Washington here, wide receiver for Penn State. But I went with Rakim Jarrett, wide receiver for the Maryland Terrapins. I just think he has the skill set to play anywhere on the field. He's a very versatile guy. He can play inside. He can play outside. He gives you some yak upside. Um, he, he's not a contested catch kind of guy, but he really is smart and knows when to sit down in zones. He knows when he's in man, he can really create some separation with a a variety of different ways. I know the stats aren't necessarily there for him, but if you watch him, you'll see he is a very good player and he was extremely highly recruited coming out of high school. Not that that means necessarily anything coming into the NFL, uh, but when you look at that and then the progression for him from his freshman to his sophomore season, really good. And then a little bit of a down season this year for really Maryland in general. Uh, I, I think you can see that 
what his production was this year is not necessarily what you saw on tape. So I like the pick here with Rakim Jarrett because I'm the one that made it. <laughs> so, yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm definitely um, interested in Rakim Jarrett. He, he had a very, you know, he had a very quietly had a very good combine um, and he just he had very poor quarterback play last year. And the offense was just really, really rough. And uh, you know, all the auxiliary pieces fell apart and he was one of them. Um, Eric Gray talking about another guy. That is, you see, had Parker Washington queued up. Um, he had to show, <laughs> yeah, show everybody that. Yeah. He's, he's going to iHeart Parker. Um, a wood lion. Yeah. Um, Eric Gray's been a guy that I've been really high on. And I think he's going to surprise people. And so, and listen, Lance Zerline is much smarter than I am. And much, he's been doing this a lot longer. And he said that he's got an, an above average starter grade on him. This guy, this guy can be a starter on, on an NFL team based on what they're grading him out as. And what I see is a guy that he, was, he played around 210 pounds. He can catch the ball. He can, he, he's a good runner. And he's, he's one of these guys that can another guy that can be a three down back. And people are not looking at him because he's a little bit older. And Oklahoma was not as exciting this year. Um, but you look at a guy like Ramondre Stevenson came out of, you know, came out of Oklahoma. Um, this, this guy has got, you know, he's got a really, really good build, thick lower half and he, arm tackles just don't do it. Um, but you see him out in space. He got a lot of his catches. He's not necessarily someone you're going to line out wide like Austin Eckler and he's going to go break some ankles and create separation, but screens, draw plays, those kind of things where you get him in space, get him on the outside he is a very shifty runner and a very creative runner, um, and he has he has good speed, power, and uh, I, I think he's I think he's underrated. Yep. All right. So these last two picks, I don't know what you want to do with. They were both auto picks. I don't think either of the so out of the two, I guess mine, Tanner McKee, I can understand. Uh, he is you know some most people's QB five or six in the draft. Uh, I just don't, I, I don't think either of these guys deserve to really be drafted here. So I'm looking at, you know, you, you know, I didn't purposely pull up the queue. I was trying to see what other players were remaining to say, here's who I would have rather taken. Obviously I would have taken Parker Washington, uh, over both of these guys here, uh, just cause I think the upside is there where I think both of these guys are going to be backups if, if that, uh, in the NFL. Yeah, uh, Dwayne McBride, Debo McBride was not drafted. Um, he should be off the board somewhere. Deuce Vaughn. Not, not left on the board. Yeah, Deuce Vaughn's going to be a very interesting player. Yeah. Um, there's definitely players that, you know, like uh, um, Jaden Reed from Michigan State. Yeah, the other wide receiver in Maryland, Dante Demas. There's, there's some other interesting names out there. The draft, you know, draft capital is going to matter. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, we appreciate you guys hanging out. Let us know what you think about the show. Um, tell us how terrible our picks were. Um, or if you liked one, let us know. We appreciate those too. Uh, always, uh, you know, subscribe, like, share. Uh, helps appreciate, appreciate uh, helps uh, show appreciation to the show, support the show. It doesn't cost you anything. And uh, awesome. we get to keep doing this for you. So um, as always, good luck this season. Cheers.